In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Where do you draw the line with helping somebody? Now, I know you're sitting here in church today, and you're good Christians. You've maybe been to Bible class. You've gotten up this morning to come in here to church to hear the word of God and to pray. And maybe all of you will sit there and say, well, pastor, we will help anybody, absolutely anybody that needs help. But if I were to go out with you today or the rest of the week and observed you with a glaring eye, would I see you or would you see me helping absolutely everybody in need? What about the person who stands at the streetlight with the little cardboard sign that even has a cash app address on it? What about the people down at the homeless shelter? What about the people that are strung out and addicted? What about the people who have a terrible sickness, who might be infectious, who might actually give you something that you don't want? Where do you draw the line with helping people? Now, we all have different answers, and we all have different little circles that we'll draw around ourselves and say, I, I will help people to an extent, but those people, some of those people you're talking about, they need to help themselves. They need to go get a job. They need to go work. They need to go and make something of themselves rather than just relying on handouts from everybody. Is that really what our Lord has called us to do? When he says to love your neighbor as much as yourself? As much as you love to look at yourself in the morning, as much as you love to think about yourself, as much as I love to think about myself all the time and all the things that I want to do and accomplish and everything that I want to accumulate for me, myself, and I, I do not show that same kind of love towards those around me. Maybe to those in my family, but maybe not to the best of my ability. Maybe to you here in the church, but not certainly to my best of my ability. Everybody out there, maybe if they meet a certain litmus test, I'll provide them some help, whatever that might be. We like to talk the talk, but we do not like to walk the walk. And this reading from our gospel reading today is very easy to just simply look at this and say, go on out of here today with Jesus as your motivator and be nice to those people who are in need. Be nice to those people who are asking you for help. We could look at this passage here today and I could just give you 17 steps to make you more helpful, to not worry and be judgmental about people around you. And you might take those for the next couple of hours and take those to heart. You might actually get through till Wednesday until your coworker who absolutely annoys you asks for help or your son or daughter who refuses to listen to you half the time asks you for help, or that person that you know that annoys everything good out of you asks for your help or for some sort of opinion. We love to draw the line. We love to set up our kingdoms. And if this gospel reading today is just simply about how you can be more helpful and whatever else it is, then we are going to fail. This is not self-help Sunday. This is not learn to be better neighbor Sunday. 
This is more than that. This is about Jesus coming to you and to me and to this world to help us, to have mercy on us. And Jesus today shows us a radical example of how he goes to show mercy. He deals with these ten guys who have leprosy. Leprosy is disgusting. If you know anything about it, don't do an image search on Google, trust me. But if you know anything about it, it's a disease where your flesh, your skin, begins to rot. You have these boils and scabs. You have all of this oozing stuff coming out of your skin, and it's highly contagious. We don't know anything about contagiousness, do we? We haven't been thinking about that over the last two years, have we? Of course we have. But if you were a leper in Jesus' time, you were not able to be a part of the community, of the society. We, in some sense, would, rather than have an overflow area, we might have a place over here that is completely walled off with plexiglass, with its own air filter system, and its own entrance and exit for the lepers. You might ask me to wear one of those big suits with the plastic window on the front to minister to those people, and heaven forbid we be around these people because they're kind of gross. They know they're gross. They know they're infectious. And you'll notice that they are standing at a distance with Jesus, and they simply lift up their voices and say, Hey, Jesus, Master, if you can, show us a little bit of mercy. Help us. We don't know where these guys have come from. We don't know how they heard about Jesus. We don't know anything. They are not ones who are regular church attenders because they can't be in the community. They're probably not ones who regularly can read their Bibles and give 10% of their offerings and do all these other things. They are outcasts. They're infectious. They're people that you would not want to be around. But you'll notice that Jesus looks at them and he speaks. Go and show yourselves to the priests. And as they go, they are, they are cleansed. Now they have to go to the priest in order to be declared clean. I went to my doctor this past week and as usual... Three different times when I went into the doctor's office, I got asked those lovely questions. Have you had a fever? Have you had vomiting, diarrhea? Have you had a cough? Are you within three days of having a COVID test? Et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I had to do that to check in. Then I had to do that when I sat down actually in the exam room. And then my doctor even asked that when he came in to look at me. All while wearing a mask, all while wearing gloves. Because maybe, just maybe, this guy might have the dreaded plague. You'll notice that we set up these boundaries and these barriers when dealing with people. It doesn't even have to do with sickness. It could be how they live their lives. It could be with what the things they're caught up in doing, the wrong things that they're caught up in doing. Maybe it's their addictions. Maybe it's their struggles. Maybe it's the sins that they constantly go back and partake of over and over again, and you look at them and say, I don't understand what's going on. 
Maybe they themselves are so wrapped up in these things that they don't feel like they're worth anything to anybody else. Maybe they are so wrapped up with the cares and concerns of the world, maybe they have become so so, uh, isolated from the rest of this world that they don't know anything better. That's why Paul says today, the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of rage, rivalries, dissension, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. Now on that list there in Galatians 5, if I was to stand up here today and tell you that I partake regularly of one of those things or all of those things, how would you view me? Get out of the pulpit. Amend your ways, you wretched, vile sinner. Paul is saying that all of us have fallen into these things and all of us are in need of mercy and of help. His warning today is not just simply to get your life straight, to pick up your bootstraps and become a better Christian and just stay away from these things. He does warn us from that, but in more sense we see with Jesus that he will come and meet you where you are at in life. No matter how many struggles, no matter how many times you are crying out for mercy, no matter how many of these things you have thought about, you've said or you have outwardly done in the presence, in the sight of everybody, or even just yourself, we come to this place and we ask Jesus for help. We ask him to show us mercy. And while that might not be motivational, while that might not be something that really makes you pick yourself up and feel really good about yourself, in your sins and in my sins, we are declared infectious. We are declared diseased. We are declared dead in our sins according to God. But he is the one who has mercy on you. No matter what you've done or left undone, no matter how many times you've gone back to that, he has had mercy on you by going and seeking you out himself to give you help. Not help to make your life better and your finances and your marriage and everything else better, but to forgive you of your sins, to give you that granting of everlasting life. And today we simply see what faith looks like in response. The guy that returns to Jesus and gives thanks, he's already an outcast because he's a Samaritan. He's a half-breed. He doesn't even belong in the temple. He can't go and show himself to the priests. He can't fulfill the law that Jesus asks him to do. And yet he returns and sees Jesus as the great high priest And he simply responds by faith with saying, thank you. And it's not that the other nine were not healed. That's the whole thing with all of this. Jesus does not look at the other nine and say, Bazamo, you now have leprosy again. And it's worse than you had it. Because you didn't say your thank yous or your pleases. That's not how God works. He shows mercy to the righteous and the unrighteous. The rain falls on the good and the bad. 
He cleanses us from all unrighteousness, whether you're going to say your pleases or thank yous. But by faith, we are stirred up by his own spirit to respond, to respond with our thank you, to respond with our praise to you, O Christ, with our response to saying, I don't know what to say because God has been so merciful to me. He has fulfilled everything. He has healed you of everything that you've gotten a mess in with your own sins and your own infections. Because he is the one who has come on along to take our sin, our dreaded disease, our infections all on to himself, and he has put them to death on the cross so that you may live out this life in the newness of faith in him. So that you may go out and do those things that are next to impossible with loving your neighbor as yourself, not because you now have the motivation, but because you love because he has first loved you. You go out with him and he does all of these things in and through you for the benefit of those around you. As we mentioned last week, half the time you're not even recognizing that you are doing it. Let your light so shine before others that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Today's lesson is not about how thankful you are or how rare thankfulness is. Today's lesson is that Jesus will immerse himself into the messiest of lives into the messiest and darkest of hearts, into the messiest and darkest ways that you have traveled. He will immerse himself to seek you out, to pull you up out of your darkness and your sin, to cleanse you of all unrighteousness, to forgive you freely by his shed blood for you, and to look upon you and say, not simply your faith has made you well, but your faith has saved you. It has saved you by his precious blood and that message will continue to go out from this place to any and all who need it. Who may look at this world and may not receive all of the help and mercy that you and I have received. Who may look at this world and say it doesn't seem like there is nothing good to really to live for. Jesus will work in and through us for the benefit of others so that they too might look upon him as the Son of God and receive his forgiveness and his healing now and forever. To Christ alone be the glory forever and ever. Amen.